Well, it's Virgo season, everyone. <laughs> and I just thought it would be uh, a wonderful thing to to mark this occasion by perhaps starting this recording with a reading um, from the book of Renaissance, uh, track three, verse one. <clears throat> I'm one of one. I'm mm. number one. Mm. I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Don't even waste your time trying to compete with me. No one else in this world can think like me. Mm. I'm twisted. Mm. I'll contradict it. Mm-hmm. Keep him addicted. Lies on his lips. I lick it. You lick. <laughs> That's what you are. Stilettos kicking vintage crystal off the bar. Category, bad, bleep. I'm the bar. <laughs> Alien superstar. Thank you so much. Welcome to. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let the church say amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Too classy for this world. For Welcome to the read, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It's the score. (laughs) So happy to have you back. So happy to be here. It is a blessing. Happy Virgo season to all of y'all out there. My my Virgo Mars is is out here celebrating and uh, creating PowerPoints as to why you are wrong. Um, (laughs) my name as always is Rocky Jones. I am the EDI director here at Minnesota Opera. Oh, and I should probably say what the score is. The score is Minnesota Opera's podcast all about opera, classical music, pop culture, as seen through the eyes of three Black queer opera administrators. Again, my name's Rocky, and as always, I'm here with my fabulous co-host, the beautiful, luminous, intelligent, incredible Paige Reynolds, a.k.a. Iyawo Inawale. Hello, Paige. Hello. Aw, shucks. Can you always <laughs> introduce me? Yes. It's like everywhere? <laughs> well, it's all true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Thank lie. You. I only have hot friends, so. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> well, unfortunately, um, our third co-host, the Equally fabulous, Lee Bynum is off doing PhD tings, so he could not be here with us this week. But in his stead, we have the newest member of the SCORE family. Actually, an original member of the SCORE family. Mm-hmm. OG. Yes, OG. Literal. <laughs> <laughs> you probably, if you go back to the archives last spring when we were little baby podcasters, uh, she was so kind enough to take a chance on <laughs> a young 
untested podcast and was our very, very first guest um, and now is joining us. She officially joined the Spore family as the uh, EDI coordinator at uh, Minnesota Opera. And so she's here to help us with all of our EDI initiatives and programs, but also here to help us with the score. So she will be on periodically when we are in situations like this. But our very first guest, incredible musician, person, <laughs> friend, <laughs> the incredible Emilia Mettenbrink. Welcome back to the show. I feel like I should just carry the two of you in my pocket everywhere and be like every time I want to enter a room with with extra zaza (laughs) (laughs) I wonder like what what that like person in I guess maybe medievalish times who would just like go go before like royal people or whatever and just like kind of yell that they were coming like I don't know what, like, I don't know what, what their do job you call title that? was. <laughs> no, no. Or like, you know, you always see those things where they would have like a a, a, a series of lute players and singers that would like yes. announce. Yes. Like, I'm I'm into that. I feel like that's a vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were they called though? I mean, they weren't the jester. No, mm-hmm. they were not. The royal announcer or something. Well, anyway, yes, we should yeah. we should look into yeah. that. I'm sure, like you know, we could find somebody on Task Robert or something who would be willing to do that for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you both? What's going on? Well, I am Aaliyah. I'm in Canada. Oh, Canada, Quebec City. So I'm flexing my French tongue instead of my English, which is lovely. And I'm loving the fall weather, which has already arrived here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm in a happy place. Nice. nice. Fabulous. So what is up in Canada? What's going on? Why are you there? My partner uh, owns a place up here. We kind of do the dual citizenship rock between the United States and Canada. And at the end of my summer, I had just a little bit of time and I was close to the Canadian border. And I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to bounce on over and see my favorite person in the world Um, Mm. here just for a short bit. And then I'll be back in the States shortly, but yeah, took the dog, crossed the great line and here I am nice mm-hmm. what was the trip like because we i know i know that <laughs> we talked a little bit about that um it was so funny because uh, right after intimidation got, of going across <laughs> the border <laughs> right after i got off the phone with you guys um i came to the border and i had that moment where i acknowledged the last that says like the last u.s exit dun 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 and then you cross <laughs> into international waters because you have to go over a bridge into no man's land to this island um and p.s if y'all haven't been to thousand islands the bridge that crosses at thousand islands is gorgeous and i looked down on that bridge and i was like i need to have a place here like it's 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 a it's a little snippet of heaven just there's the tiny tiny little islands like one or two houses per island 
Oh, and wow. the way oh, okay. to get around is by boat. Like you just <gasps> your boat around to the other islands to say hello to your friends and like, but you people own their own islands, y'all. Oh my gosh. It's real life. Yeah. I want to at least see that, but I kind of want that to be my life. Okay. I, <laughs> the only thing I that called I... my partner and I was like, can we talk about this? The only thing I worry <laughs> about like, yes, though is yes, like the cool. winter. Oh yeah. Winter. People so must the, own jet skis. And you can just just it's walk the St. Lawrence River. Yeah. So if it's you're like slide. The islands are close enough that <laughs> it does freeze, but the middle of the river does not freeze because the St. Lawrence is runs all the way up to the Gulf in Canada and is the biggest, largest river at the Whoa. end of which there are yeah, there are beluga whales if you go to the end of that river. Yes. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, it's activating yeah. my wanderlust. It yeah. really is. <laughs> no, you're you're talking to two Sagittarians, so right. <laughs> no, but we're that planning. Side note was to that I got to that border, and they there was a very short line. Um, but the guy asked me. He asked me if I had any alcohol with me. He asked if I had any marijuana products with me, and I had. I'm. There must have been something in my voice that, even though I immediately, I thought immediately said no. He said why did you hesitate and i was like um excuse me (laughs) sometimes i carry cbd because i you know i use the a tincture and and he said but you don't have any on you right now and i was like no i left it in chautauqua because i knew i couldn't cross an international border with (laughs) the controlled substances that they are and he was like okay thank you and then, and then I went on my way, but yeah, there was a moment of like, oh goodness, <laughs> is he going to search my car? I thought Canadians <laughs> were supposed to be chill. Also, Not at the border, honey. Mm-mm. What's weird is that both sides of that border, New York and all of Canada have now legalized marijuana. So I don't mm. really know why we need to continue to ask that question, but I guess there's this international thing. Like you cannot carry it across mm. the international mm. border. Because they are controlled differently within each country, even though there are sections where it is legal. So, note to self. Good to know. He kept looking at the dog. The dog helps me out in those situations. Every time I get myself into a (laughs) situation, they take one look at the puppy and they're like, she can't be that bad. (laughs) (laughs) He loves her. I will too. (laughs) Right. So what do you... So what do you like to do when you're in Quebec? What's going on? Well, I get to, at the moment, I get to flex my design muscles because since this place was so Mm -hmm. recently purchased and Simon um, learned five years ago when we started dating that I'm really good at designing and I designed his place in the States before he left and he was like, oh, you should always do this. So though he bought it he's been waiting for me to when I come here to do the like oh we need this kind of chair and um these are the knobs we should get for the kitchen and all the Mm, what what color are we going to paint this space so yeah I've been doing today I purchased knobs for the kitchen that he his family so graciously painted all the cabinets white so now they don't look like they're from the 1970s lovely (laughs) <laughs> what color were they before <laughs> that they look they like they're from the 70s lovely, like pine wood and then the tile and the backsplash had these little birds 
Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and not that yeah, that I'm isn't. Picturing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's appropriate for like a cabin in the woods, maybe vibe, but maybe not for a downtown apartment condo situation. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I get to do a little bit of that. There's been a lot of that. I bike. I take the dog on long walks in the woods because Quebec is very close to some beautiful state parks and um, places where you can be outside in the wilderness and also close to the city. So in that way, a bit like Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, But yeah, (sighs) take a breath of fresh air, reset, refocus, begin again. Eat some poutine. Oh, that is definitely happening probably tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so jealous. Yeah, well, I do have an extra bedroom. By the end of my time here, it'll be fully furnished and everyone can come see us. (laughs) And it's like, knock, knock, knock. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'd be surprised how many times his family has already because when he is comes to the States to visit me, his mom, his sister, his cousins, they all are like, oh, can we come stay at your place? <laughs> Came back. <laughs> so, yes, we've we've uh, that's part of the plan is that it becomes a communal space. Never empty. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. I would I will gladly come visit. Yeah. I, for, I love a road trip. I will hop in my VW and <laughs> maybe maybe I'll fly. <laughs> that seems... Well, speaking of your VW, how is uh that car of yours, Miss Page? <sighs> Reunited. Reunited after trials and tribulations <laughs> we went through. <laughs> I uh to fill in the audience the audience um we had an interesting situation of the car battery having some issues in the whole foods parking lot one day oh. when i was with my partner <laughs> luckily shout out to uh shout out to the friendly black man who works there at the front i think he's like security or something like that but he just he just came and helped us like he really i i wasn't it it, first of all it's a whole foods parking lot Mm. so the one that's like underground yes um yes yeah that's not if we just think of whole that's not where you want to be customer base Mm. And me <laughs> and my black femme self <laughs> stuck in the old foods parking lot with my partner, also black. Yep. Uh yeah, yeah, you know. So I, I was very grateful for him to just I felt like he's really taking control of the situation right now. And I don't mind. Yes, find the figure out how to jump this thing, figure out how to. I appreciated it. Um, But then later on, I was at my postpartum doula client's house. um, And uh, the battery had another issue. And I went to open the hood from like inside the car and the hood latch, like the hood unlocking lever broke. Like it snapped. Um, Like that? Like in your hand? 
I mean, it wasn't like the handle broke off, but it was like I could feel that like inside something oh, it broke no. and like it wasn't oh. unlocking the hood oh, like it was supposed to. Sounds like a nightmare. So then I couldn't even get into the car to hood to assess the battery situation. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and this is like a newish car or new to you, right? new to me new to me yep 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 so it's in it ended up so after a whole ordeal of you know having to get it ha- keep it at my client's house for a little bit get it towed back make an appointment with the vw dealership because i didn't want to trust anybody else with messing <laughs> with potentially messing it up especially like the front grill and stuff like that like i'm gonna take this to a volkswagen person definitely um uh after all that it ended up being one of those things where it's like the most random little part but it costs you so much money (laughs) so much money like (laughs) yeah so they had to do that we had to replace the battery um yeah and your insurance didn't cover it no no (laughs) that makes my stomach hurt (laughs) oh i i was sick i was sick but (laughs) shout out to one shout out to supportive father um who came through with advice uh and you know some emergency funds shout out to pops uh shout out to pops and his car expertise and shout out to anxiety medication Mm -hmm. um that's the one that is the one (laughs) and the two and the three okay (laughs) because i was like the page that didn't have a psychiatrist would have been losing it losing it with all of this and not knowing how I was going to get to my clients also and which is your like right right when you're paying for yes all kinds of stuff so yeah now it's resolved the car's back yeah oh like buku money for it But you know, it's back. But that's a future page problem. That's a future page problem, (laughs) says my Lexapro. She says, (laughs) (laughs) We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's where I've been at. Oh my goodness. That sounds stressful. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was my dad who was just like, yeah, adulting is hard, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, it reminds me of earlier this spring. I guess it was May. And I was back home, back east, um, Mm -hmm. like at my mom's house. And it had just, it was one of the first days where it like got above like 90 here in May because Climate change isn't a thing, but 90 degrees in May in Minnesota. Totally normal. Anyway, (laughs) so Dennis was back here and it was 90 degrees. So he turned on the air conditioning and then nothing happened. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. And it was like, uh, what? <laughs> and so What do then, you mean? And so then he, he got somebody to come out here and look at it. And $14,000 later, we have a whole new HVAC system. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... So that was a fun conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, I'm sure that was a blast. But you know what? It's nice and cool. <laughs> <laughs> we will not freeze in the winter. Yep. So I, you know, that, and the inspector came on Wednesday and it was installed properly. So now we have our permits and things. And so ultimately it's a good thing, but yeah, I, I would have, much rather spent that money on something else man oh man yeah well speaking of adulthood i feel like i took a very adult step this week and i have mm -hmm. you know i've talked many many times about my my journey towards health and fitness on this mm -hmm. show and i decided to um employ the services of a personal trainer and i'm very excited about it work yes. yay yes mm. are you still excited now that they've maybe kicked your butt a couple times so i've had two <laughs> sessions <laughs> and after the first session i couldn't walk for about a day and a half <laughs> it was very painful <laughs> but i was just like you know what i've made this choice i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do it and i went back again yesterday and it was also, I got my butt kicked. But then he was like, so this was just level setting. So the next time you come in, we're going to start with the hard one, the hardest thing that we did today that was the most impossible. And then we will work from there. And I was just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So, well, I guess I, I guess this is what I'm paying for. I'm I'm not just paying to just lift some five pound weights, I guess. But at the same time, <laughs> that seems a bit what? extreme. <laughs> it but hey, what do I know? <laughs> it so is it mostly lit weight bearing activity or is it? Yeah. So cardio? so it's it's mostly weight training. Um. And some of it is like fun, like it's like that that thing where they put the the weights on the card and then you have to like push it across the the room. Like I feel like I'm like, you know, like training in football camp or something. It's like, ooh, it's so butch. And then you have to like pull it <laughs> across the room and like you get like attached to like a harness thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, mostly it's just like lifting heavy things. Um, but that will get, if you're me, that gets your heart rate up and oh, yeah, for sure. drenched mm -hmm. in buckets of sweat and whatnot. I just wondered <sighs> what their methods, you know, is it just like get on a treadmill and run a lot or muscle activation? Yeah, no, I don't think I would be into it if it was just getting, get on the treadmill and run a lot. I don't think a lot of us are into it. But um, I guess people do that, it. Like, I think if was, if, then we'd all just run outside, but we don't. It's not our favorite thing to do. That is true. Definitely not one of mine. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, so I mean, it's just, it's fun. And I highly recommend if you are at a place where, you know, you've been, because my, my little pandemic project was like, you know, I've never been an athlete, but you know, I just got some dumbbells and things and just started doing things in my basement, but it was just like, okay, well now it's time to level up. Let's see what else we can do. And so I went online and I found this website because I was just like, I don't, how do you find personal trainers? I don't know. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not well versed in this world. And I found like the, like the top Google search was like, like this website that was giving very like 2015. So I wasn't sure <laughs> like <laughs> if this was correct, but I found his profile. His name's Tom. And he was just like, yeah, I'm really into like working with beginners. I'm really into working with queer folks. I'm really, and I would, that's what I was just awesome. like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I like <Yes>. it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and the gym's like 10 minutes away from my house. So I really don't have an excuse um, to not go. And yeah, I just, Trying to get, you know, like, I feel like I've been going through this kind of like a little bit of a sort of spiritual sort of journey the last couple of months. And, mm. you know, really like, like, I think like at first it was just like, oh, I need to lose all of this weight and like, oh, like I need to like, you know, I want to look like a porn star that's, you know, auditioning for a Marvel movie. And like, now it's just like, no, (laughs) (laughs) like actually like now I just like need to like, you know, like get out of my brain, get into my body and just sort of like feel sort of that strength, feel that like that it's, it's really kind of amazing the things that like, you know, our bodies can do. And like, perhaps you have a little bit of a gut, or, you know, something on your body that, you know, you don't like or whatever or that we have been told not to like. Mm-hmm. And so it's been like a whole sort of journey of like unlearning um, all of that gross, yucky, superego, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, hate your body, <laughs> stand in the mirror and point out all of the flaws and whatnot. Um and it's just, a, it's been just so like joyous in a way that I just wasn't expecting. Cause I, I always just like associated like exercise and athleticism with like straight jock culture and all of the trauma that goes with that. Um, yeah, but it's just like, it's, it's just really, it's just really dope. And I'm just really like proud of my body and proud of myself. And yeah, so highly recommend it. I love that. Love that for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, so good to catch up with both of you. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. Emilia, you have been on an adventure this summer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lots of ups, lots of downs. And -hmm. of course, if there's anyone on earth that can talk about uh, the experience of being a Black woman in an orchestral setting... (laughs) it is you my dear um so we will be back um, to talk a little bit more about all of that fun stuff we'll be right back all right welcome back 
scorekeepers, family and friends. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into it. Talking to our special guest, but not really a special guest anymore because she's just part of the team. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Part of the fam. Emilia. Yes. Yes. The OG scorekeeper. Um, And I would love to hear about the time that you recently spent uh, at Chautauqua. And of course, we're going to fangirl over who you met there. (laughs) (laughs) But you are welcome to either start there or start wherever you'd like. Um, Tell us about your experience. Yeah, I feel like everyone who has not been to Chautauqua, and so I'm imagining most of the audience listeners um Chautauqua is a unique experience and so I feel like there it needs a backstory before I can explain um anything else that happened there so Chautauqua is this cool little community in upstate uh western New York right next to Lake Erie on Lake Chautauqua um and it's a gated closed community so not open to the public Hmm. um in which that has been around for more than a hundred years and um, people go there to experience and surround themselves in the art and culture of the world. So for hundreds of years, people have been going to this place to see lots of art and and experience lecture series on a daily, almost hourly basis. They have about five or so lectures a day They have live theater, live dance, live classical music, live um, ballet, opera, things for young people, different sorts of religious faiths, um, all things intellectual and um, surrounded by knowledge exist in this place. And Uh, They have a festival for youth and for children to learn more about the arts. So you can go there almost like a summer camp for um, visual arts and dance and music and band and all the things. But you could people who own uh, either property there or come for a summer, you can rent, you know, and stay on the grounds for any period of the summer. And then you get access to like this day pass. Um, that lets you experience all of these lovely things that are Chautauqua. Um, so I was invited to play with the orchestra for the summer. And I was one of their diversity fellowship suit people. So um, their diversity fellowship is much different than some of the others in the country in that they treat you like a full-time member of their ensemble. We performed 100% of the concerts and rehearsals and every activity that any uh-huh. other member of the orchestra mm-hmm was um, involved in we were too we were considered full members we were not addressed in any other way we were not treated in any other fashion we rotated throughout whatever section we were in violin viola cello bass whatever we weren't relegated to the back or anything like that so that was pretty cool get paid the same amount as everyone else does in the orchestra which was also fantastic pretty unique experience um and we played a full season summer season of concerts they have a crazy schedule so i performed at minimum three different programs a week sometimes up to four and five Ooh, insane wow wow yeah 
and it's a one and done. So we do like a rehearsal, a concert, and then on to the next. Um, and we stayed on the grounds and I got to be a Chautauquan for the summer. And that's what I did. So as a Chautauquan, one of our final performances of the season to kind of bring around to which um, Paige was referring to um, in, in amidst all those other concerts. And we played for uh, two different operas and Ballet Hispanico and um, the National Ballet of uh, Washington. Uh, so tons of different programs, but we got to perform with Rhiannon Giddens as our final concert of the season. Incredible incredible we've all been looking (laughs) (laughs) i was definitely fangirling as soon as i arrived at rehearsal that day she is beautiful to look at beautiful to be around she's a consummate professional on the podium she was just there to you know wrap her head around the music and keep going which was great we performed with a number of singers this summer and I can tell you that she was the one of one of the most prepared respectful of the orchestra she was working with um professional in her environment and yeah we wasted no time it was beautiful I've never been more happy to associate myself with (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool so like did you do you got to like meet her did you get to talk to her at all just briefly. I mean, she she spoke to the orchestra on stage during rehearsals. Um, it was very cool, actually. The conductor kind of let her, for the better part, to lead rehearsals and say how she wanted things to sound. Um, she had written most of the music that we were playing, or she had had a very close friend of hers, a member of the, the Punch Brothers, who was also performing that week, who's a violinist, a kind of arrange some of her songs for our ensemble. So we were playing a lot of mm. works that were created f- directly for us, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, I got to meet her after the performance because I, I fangirled backstage. I basically <laughs> walked up to her and, and I said to her, you know, I'm so sorry. And I'm going to fangirl. I really need to take a selfie with you if that's an okay experience for you right now. (laughs) And she accommodated me, which was fantastic. So I took a selfie and I met her family that was there with her, which was wonderful. It was the last stop on her tour. And then she was taking a short break. Yeah. Um, She seemed, well, she said that she was exhausted and she kept talking about when her voice was going to give out and like whether she still had it in her in quotes. And I was like, girl, please. <laughs> of course, she sounded amazing and never missed a beat and was playing the violin and the fiddle and the banjo and switching instruments and telling us how to make different <laughs> sounds. And yes, it was just all kinds of, yeah, leadership in form. So it was amazing. Well, I'm just curious for anyone who might not know who Rhiannon Giddens is and why that's such a big deal. Can you talk a little bit like about her and like why she inspires you so much? Well, I think if we can relate it to my fellow Minnesotans, she is a lot like Prince, you know, in the Mm. way of there's not anything she can't do. I mean, it's incredible. Mm. I know I I keep using that word, but it's true. It's incredible. I mean, she went to college for... To, to be a, a soprano, to be a, uh, an opera singer. 
And to know the person, the artist, the musician that she has become is like, did you have extra time? Because I don't know <laughs> what she plays the guitar. She plays the banjo. She plays the fiddle. Like, and when I say play the, like, she doesn't kind of sort of like, oh, you guys probably do it better than me. No, she can write the book on, she plays the fiddle and it's amazing. And she speaks, I don't know how many languages. And one of her songs that uh, she performed with us was a, a Scottish Highland dialect like I didn't know what she was nobody knew what she was saying singing but she promised us it was not just gibberish and I totally believe her but you know she also is well versed in Italian and French and all the operatic languages that there are and um yeah she I'm sure on any given Sunday you could ask her to sing an operatic aria and she knows all the words and then the same afternoon you could have her play bluegrass and she's quite good at it. And mm-hmm. she could tell you where all these different musics came from. She's a, a lecturer. She can give you the history, the backstory, the, the left and right of a scholar. Mm-hmm. Yes. A scholar. <laughs> like- yes. On subjects that I, I don't know where the bottom of her ocean is, but like, Wow. Just yeah. she can tell you things that are amazing and and just speak the knowledge for hours and hours. And yeah. I I first came to her work through her um oh gosh, I think through black banjo, um kind of, and fiddle like reclamation, you know, um and yep. talking about black folks history with those instruments or with like um, kind of bluegrass like styles of music and the connection that these instruments have to like they are African instruments <laughs> like they just they, they are <laughs> and her talking about the storytelling as well like yeah. that was that was my intro my intro to her work and then I was like oh wow you actually do everything and now that I know who you are, I see you everywhere. Like <laughs> she's well known within the opera world. She's also the artistic director of the Silk Road Ensemble, which yeah. performs everything from American contemporary classical to like Balinese with the uh, just amazing range and and the 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 milieu that she, like she there's nothing she does not know about music i'm pretty sure if it's musical she is involved well i'm <laughs> i'm going to turn into lee for a second and miss giddens if you are listening please <laughs> <laughs> get in touch please let <laughs> y'all know her we have questions uh-huh. <laughs> We have praise, <laughs> effusive praise. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. used my my moment with her to as a a selfish ask for a selfie, but maybe I there was something in the back of my mind that was like the score, the score, the score, but it didn't. <laughs> <feel appropriate>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, Ms. Giddens, if you are listening, this would be fun, okay? We will keep, keep we're going to ask you good questions. Yeah. Like, good questions. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, please join us. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, everyone always is like, you know, you have like the same 24 hours a day and as Beyonce. Like, no, she has the same 24 hours a day mm. as Beyonce. <laughs> like, she unlocked that the the special powers somehow I don't even know it's incredible amazing time works differently for them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I I she's also one of those people y'all and and black don't crack so I understand but on on another level she does not age (laughs) (laughs) like she could be 20 she could be 70 I don't like the amount of knowledge means that she's 102 but the look on her face means that she's 17 and I don't <laughs> understand. We'll also have to ask about that skincare routine. Right. <laughs> right. Also with people like her though, I also think it's just like, maybe that's just like part of the magic of just like really mm. being in your bag and doing the thing that you're supposed to be on earth doing mm-hmm. and just like being brilliant in it like that's that's an inner glow mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah gotta be yes fully absolutely yeah yeah so i i had a moment and she was part of my black joy that week. I just was like, yes, everything that you are. Well, you were saying some things that I didn't know about Chautauqua earlier. Like I didn't know that it was a gated mm-hmm. community and I didn't know. Yeah, so that would suggest to me, at least, that perhaps it is not the most diverse no community (laughs) and i can say that i grew up in minneapolis minnesota and i know minnesota is just not a very diverse space it is minneapolis minnesota is immensely more diverse than (laughs) chautauqua (laughs) um interesting vibe too because within the grounds i will say that they as a community for the most part, present um, a very inclusive, a very everything for all of us mentality of the world. Um, they tend to be very liberal and very intellectually based. And, you know, although there are many religious things going on within the grounds and it may have begun 150 years ago as an experience of Christian faith. Um, they have invited in every religion that I can see to the grounds. And there are there are built, there's an African-American heritage house and there's a Jewish faith house. And they have a, once a day, they have a, like a um, Muslim conversation, like Muslim 101, like how, where to begin. And like, they, they represent that idea that we can live together, all of us, um, and though they are not very diverse in in the way when you walk through the city, it's mostly a white space city. Let's call it a town. It's a small space, but mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, it's very inclusive, at least in its ideals. Um, and but if you go outside of those grounds, you go outside of those gates, and it it's a part of the country that is 
both not diverse in its experience of the the number of humans and the kinds of humans that there are walking around, but also very conservative space, very white space, very um, exclusive Mm-hmm. and not in a positive way exclusive yeah, yeah. western new york. Uh, there are parts of western new york that yeah <laughs> i have heard things about yeah, yeah. No, and i had some really negative experiences outside of the grounds definitely mm. where i i it was palpable you know not just in the trump signs and the um suvs and the don't take my gun stickers everywhere but um the way I was treated by the common folk of those environments was really different from the way I was treated within the grounds. So I, t- mm-hmm. I took my bicycle on the back of my car because I take it with me everywhere and I love to go bicycle. Mm-hmm. My idea was I will do a bunch of cycling and that's the way I'll stay in shape when I have all these rehearsals, you know, so I won't be sitting down all day. And I ended up only biking within the grounds because I didn't feel entirely mm-hmm. safe exiting the grounds and not that somebody would like come after me but that if I got a flat tire if I had to stop for water I didn't know that I would feel comfortable um you know just anywhere in those hills so yeah it is yeah very um my my partner Simon who's a white man from Quebec um came with me at the beginning and and spent a few weeks there in the middle and he noted that it is like the the luxury of being able to live the way people do in Chautauqua where people don't lock their doors and they leave their bikes outside and nobody, you can like let your children run through the streets and maybe they get home by dark. Maybe they don't. And everything is cool. Everything's fine. He was like, it's very interesting because they think that they've created that through their intellectual want for the other and to be open but really it's a it's a it's economic he was Mm -hmm. like nobody wants for anything within these grounds everything is provided there is an abundance of everything and so when you have no wants or needs of course you can be all inclusive but it is men Mm-hmm. You know, when when there is scarcity is when we, you know, choose who our friends are and um, close our circles. And so it was very interesting to understand that it was it was money, basically, that was providing this this level of security and safety that allowed you to be open to new ideas and new concepts and try mm-hmm. something new and different and listen to different people speak different ways about things on an hourly basis. It was because you could take it or leave it at any given moment. It didn't have to be your Bible. It didn't have to be your way of life. It didn't have to be anything more than that hour. And if you experience the world that way from a place of abundance, it's very easy to, yeah, to not have the conservative energy that exists in this country. But I think as we've learned over the past five years, you can convince a lot of people that the other is is the problem when when you don't have what you need. 
to live and be comfortable and take care of yourself. So it was a very interesting summer. Um, you know, kind of one of those moments in life where like you can see everyone being like, it's utopia here. And you can kind of see behind the veil. Like I felt like I could see the mm. the wizard and be like, y'all know that this isn't just <laughs> <laughs> well utopia was the word i was gonna use because i mean i feel like all of this is just like i mean last five years like last 500 years last yes. five thousand years <laughs> um but like but you know there was a moment where the piece of this you know idyllic utopian mm-hmm. you know universe was shattered yes. um quite quite noisily and publicly mm-hmm. and you were there you had a uh, well, not a front row seat for it, but <laughs> you were a block yeah, I away. <laughs> I wasn't in the hall, but the hall where the orchestra plays and performs three times a week, five times a week, um, was the hall where Salman Rushdie was um, attacked and stabbed. And it happened, you know, on a Friday morning, we were supposed to do our first run out concert that evening. And I was walking the dog in the square just outside the hall. And all of a sudden there were police and a ruckus and people exiting in the middle of a lecture when they should have been sitting quietly. And um, someone texted me and told me that that is that there was a stabbing. And I kind of was like, what are you t- what are you talking about? Because by August, you know, I'm in full Chautauqua mode of like mm-hmm. bad things don't happen here. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to my environment. You must be joking. Um and so it was very strange for a couple hours. And then, of course, there was a yeah. lockdown and um, it got real for a sec. I think being from Minnesota, I had some moments of like PTSD where I was. I can imagine. I can only imagine. Security and like having having I think all of us remember, especially artists, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when you got those like 17,000 emails of like, this is canceled. That is canceled. Mm-hmm. We're not and this is canceled this is not happening and i'm sorry and th- th- we got that first two emails of we're not going to play this concert tonight and your concert tomorrow is in the morning is canceled and i remember having my heart tightened and i was like like i didn't even know that those feelings were still in me but obviously yeah. like i yeah. had a moment of like oh my gosh everything's gonna go away again um so that was frightening to me personally but i mean to be honest, it, it, it was still Chautauqua. We were still very safe. And um, unfortunately or fortunately, however you see it, this man who did this awful thing had a very unique and s- scheduled task that he wanted to perform. And it was not mm. an attack on Chautauqua. It was an attack on a particular individual. And he was partially successful. So mm-hmm. um, it was scary. But Chautauqua didn't really, wasn't really in danger after that 30 mm-hmm. second period of time. So they were, reco- they kind of bounced back in a way that felt almost wrong to me. <laughs> um, we had like 24 hours of like, wait, is everybody okay? We're going to have a vigil. We're going to you know, if you want to come down to the square and hold hands kind of a thing. Um, and then the governor spoke and, you know, somebody wanted to whatever. And, and, and then we were back to making music and it was very surreal almost. 
that something so jarring could happen to that community and then to just have things go on. We heard a lot of speeches about how, you know, art transcends and uh, we got a note from Salman Rushdie's people that he would have wanted for things to continue. He wouldn't have wanted for things to stop. But it did feel funny to play a concert the next day when he still wasn't awake. You know, he hadn't been taken off the ventilator yet. And we were, I felt uncomfortable about it, but they actually announced the middle of our concert. We took our intermission and a man walked out on stage, the president of Chautauqua. And he said, and we just got notice from his people that Salman Rushdie has been taken off the ventilator and he's making jokes and he's laughing. And there was a big eruption of applause in the audience, but it also felt a little bit like, are we over this? Yeah. 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 So it was a very, I don't know. It took me a while to process personally everything. I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Especially like, I don't know what you mentioned about being from <laughs> from here, from Minneapolis yeah. and <laughs> some things. Been through some things. Yeah. Some yeah. things. <laughs> well, I there's think a it would take I'm... a minute for my nervous system to recover and, it's and feel very like things are okay. Way... Yes. And I will say I didn't really, I wasn't consciously aware of, if somebody had said like, oh, if you see extra security, how will you feel? I probably would have been like, fine. And then it was <laughs> in the moments of you know, seeing National Guardsmen or or the state troopers or whatever and being told that no one is allowed on the grounds. Like it was only in that moment that I was like, (gasps) and, you know, you take that extra breath and you can feel your skin kind of tighten on your body. And I, I had a very physical reaction to being in that state of fear again that I didn't know I was going to have. So it did take me a moment. On Sunday, we had a day off after playing that concert. And I can remember kind of wanting to take a walk. And I went to the dock with the dog and just kind of like needed to touch nature and feel kind of grounded in some way to come Mm -hmm. back to what felt like normal. And I put that in quotations because I'm not sure what that is. But yeah. It definitely took me a moment to grasp my emotional space again. And it's just like so interesting because this place that's kind of founded on like art and expression and the free exchange of ideas. And here comes this person into the community to attack another person for, you know, yes, creating art, (laughs) expressing Mm -hmm. ideas freely. But then it's like, you know, okay, well, we're just going to take 24 hours. Y'all good? Okay, cool. Like, instead of, like, <laughs> 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 yeah. like it's just kind of fascinating. I like, this community that's like, okay, like, let's take time to, like, you know, like, you know, express our ideas and our feelings. And, like, I'll, it's just like, no, like, just sort of like the business of, of the business of art. Yeah, and somebody said that coming to the um, floor. One of the other fellows, as we were discussing, like how we felt about the way they had moved on, they were like, "Well, you know, I think arts organizations have learned that you can't 
lock the doors and close up for very long or you mm-hmm. lose your audience and you lose your vibrancy in that space. And so it was a decision that for better or for worse, I'm sure came from an economical standpoint and a, a you know, like the books and that they've sold tickets to people and they have a, a festival that they put on and a series of, you know, they pay all their artists to come in and perform and they pay them properly. So this isn't a small amount of money that they can just waste or misuse or not take note of. So yeah, unfortunate. I think that when he said that, when my friend said, oh yeah, well, I'm sure they made this from a business perspective. And I was like, ew, but then I, I, I re I know where we are. Like I've lived through COVID. So I understand arts organizations and the hard decisions that they have to make. Um, I wish that there would have been room for personal artists within the orchestra to make decisions for themselves mm-hmm. because oh, we were yeah. brought back to rehearsal and then at the beginning and told nothing really the following afternoon. And then we arrived in our chairs to play rehearsal. And it was only then that our, um, you know, kind of leaders for the orchestral ensemble came onto the podium and said, you know, we'd like to acknowledge that there are some of you who will feel like this is too soon or that they, you know, still have some really hard feelings about what happened yesterday. And this is the decision that we've made and we're going to move on. We're going to play the concert tonight. And these performers, the ballet, they really want to perform. They're from Washington, DC. They played or they performed just after 9-11. They feel that this is the way they want to move forward as artists. And it, it felt as if the decision had been made for me instead of with me Yeah. as a member of the ensemble, which, you know, I'm in an orchestra and my whole job is kind of like, do what you're told a little bit. But in that moment, I didn't feel a lot of space to honor where I was as an individual dealing with that event. Um, and it was just like, this is what this is what the company has decided to do. And this is what we're going to do. So it felt a little bit like matter of fact. Well, and that's interesting. Like they performed after 9-11. Like that was 21 years ago. I'm pretty sure they probably right. didn't perform right. after 9-11. And also. But also they didn't perform at ground zero. Like they didn't mm-hmm. go down to the rubble exactly. and like mm-hmm. dance on the ashes of what was left of those buildings. Whereas, I mean, like it was that stage. They had to clean up the blood that morning. Yeah, that's intense. That's a it, lot. Was, it was intense. So that was. Yeah. And to have also an outside group, you know, the Washington National Ballet, like I get it. They performed after an, a horrific event in their city, but like they're coming into a space to them. That's just a stage. To the to us who performs there four to five times a week and we have rehearsals there six times a week. That that's our that's like a home mm-hmm. and somebody mm-hmm. just it'd be like you know, having a party the night after somebody like ransacked your house. It's just, you take a second and you hold hands with each other and you 
have a moment for your feelings. But, you know, I think from a, an audience perspective, the audience, I'm sure, was like, oh, look at those artists making music to make themselves feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the narrative. Ooh, we're just, we're just ripping the veil, right? <laughs> I mean, that's real though. That's the narrative that we're often yes. given. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's I think almost almost good. every time along yes. with like the show going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay with the artists because they're this doing is part of, yeah, it's part of how, how they, they express feel. themselves. They don't want to be anywhere else but here right now. Like, right. And <laughs> that, is, that is what we're told. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're on the side of like, being the paying audience member or the person being marketed to or the the donor who yeah for money it's like you're giving these people their livelihood their you know what else would they possibly Mm -hmm. do but play music yeah it was it's a beautiful rather idyllic story to tell ourselves but i'm not sure that (laughs) it's reality (laughs) yeah it doesn't feel like the most uh trauma informed trauma aware Mm. (laughs) kind of story we could be telling Um, yeah it reminds i was gonna say (laughs) that's there and then and then rhiannon giddens was there and in the meantime I should say that also Misty Copeland was there. Oh my God. Oh, snap. We were just like at lunch one day. She had done her talk, her lecture that morning, and I had watched, and she's amazing. And let's not get into that because I'll fangirl. (laughs) (laughs) But I went to lunch and we were just sitting eating our salads before rehearsal. And I'm I look over at the next table and I was like, And she had her new baby and her partner and they were just having a meal. And I totally had that pull back and forth of like, I need her picture. No, she is having dinner with her family. Don't go over there. <laughs> <laughs> She's not on duty right now. <laughs> so yeah, just let her be. Let her be. There. <laughs> now that sounds idyllic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's the, the amount of people that you will experience in a, well, let's call it a week in Chautauqua is kind of surreal. The number of people that you might run into. Nancy Kerrigan spends her summers there. Oh, huh. yeah. You know, just like random pieces of American culture and international life and gosh knows who you might run into. That's what I pictured as you were, you know, first describing it. It mm-hmm. sounds like the kind of place where you would just <laughs> run into <laughs> random, I don't know, icons of American culture, just chilling. <laughs> just spend <laughs> their summers. Hanging out. Like, yeah. out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's how that that's what they want you to see too. I used to mm. tell people that it's a bit, uh... it's a bit like if you've been to, uh, if you've watched um, Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm, no, like it's that like kind of summer side. camp, like, like adult summer camp. Like adult summer camp. <laughs> yep. No. Yep. Walt Disney grew up in Chautauqua and well, he okay. 
oh. he fashioned Disney World off of the same kind of like you know so like you provide for everything within the walls of okay there's nothing in there that there's you don't that you have to go get somewhere else you can get it all right right there that was the concept so So like when you come up to the gates of chautauqua like do you have to like state your reason for being there you you have have to have some sort of like a card Oh. Or, or you you can go to the ticket office and get whatever, you know, if you're coming to see the, you can also buy tickets for a specific event and they'll give you, you get like a gate pass into the grounds for that one event. Gotcha. Either have a, an event ticket, a date, a, a, some kind of pass, a day, a day a week, or like the whole shebang and you live on the grounds and you have what they call like a season. Like I had a, I still have it. I still have my card, my Chautauqua card. It looks like this. Oh. And I just mm. gives me access to all the things that are Chautauqua. And you just, depending on which gates are open throughout the day, there's a, a south gate, a main gate, a north gate, and like two other small gates. And then, you know, it's on a lake. So the other perimeter is the, the water. So, yeah. Mm. You just show a little pass. Mm. If they they click it and they go thank you welcome (laughs) (laughs) are there mascots and rides (laughs) (laughs) there's like a main square with like they have different sometimes food vendors and like there's this big park like a tiny tiny version of um central park where people come and gather and kids play and yeah no cars allowed in the ground so you have to park in the parking lots and people walk in the middle of the streets somehow i already imagined that yeah (laughs) just from the environment (laughs) you're describing and makes perfect sense (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) well from idyllic Chautauqua to the mean streets of Minneapolis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what we're super excited about, though, we've said it a number of times, though, is that you are the newest member of our Impact family, our mm. SCORE family. And it's so exciting to have you um, in the role of EDI coordinator. Um, you've been with us for a few weeks now, and I... Yeah, you're you're just a godsend. <laughs> I'm just so happy that you're with us. But I I just wanted to just take a little bit of time to just like maybe talk about your new role. And you know, you've been playing at in the Minnesota Opera Orchestra for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but to actually join us now on the admin team is pretty awesome. And so, what you know led you here and what made you decide that you wanted to take this new step in your career and and come play with us well i guess first and foremost with my role in sphinx um the sphinx organization and sphinx virtuosi i have been involved in and around edi work within the classical arts for a long time and it has always been kind of a personal goal of mine to kind of forward that task within my industry which I see as 
um, you know, orchestra, classical music, and the existence of um, a more diverse body of humans living and working in that space. Because I feel like especially in the classical arts, classical ballet, classical music, classical opera, there is a a void of people that look like me, people that look like you, kind of celebrated and seen as uh, belonging or properly existing in that space. Not an anomaly, not a one-off, but just a, oh yeah, people look like that and they play violin or people look like that and they sing opera. Yeah, so that's always been on a on my mind and in my personal goals. And so I was out to lunch with a member of the impact team just because they happened to be a friend of me. So I'm a member of the impact department at Minnesota opera. And this person told me, Oh yeah, there's this position that we can't find anybody for. And we're searching and Oh my gosh, would you want to do this? And I was like, actually that sounds kind of perfect. (laughs) And so I didn't, I didn't know anything until it was brought to my doorstep. And then I was just kind of like, Oh, wow. Yeah. This, and I started thinking about it and I texted him later that evening. And I said, Hey, I think, could you send me the job description? Like, what is it? What is this actually? And he's, and he said, Oh, I'll just have you, I'll have Lee give you a call. And I was like, okay. So then that happened. And then a week later, it was like I was in an interview for a job that I didn't even know existed before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it, it felt really appropriate. It just felt kind of like, well, yeah, this is the next step that I would, or one of the steps that I would take in my, you know, professional life. So it felt really normal. And then I immediately went from, oh yeah, this is what I want to do to, oh my gosh, can I do can I do this? I don't know how to do this. No one ever told me that I could do this. And I'm kind of making my own rules here. And what does that mean? Yeah, I've been to that party. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety kicked in like a normal human. And I yeah, had a moment of fear. And then I think one by one, I think each of you has in your own way talked me down off that crazy mountain. Frankie did it. Samuel did it. You've done it. Lee has definitely been like, no, 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 you don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'll stand right in front of him and be like, are you really sure? Are you sure? sure. You're positive. <laughs> so, yeah, here I am. <laughs> no, and it's so funny because like when you say that, like, you know, you were sitting in the interview and it was just like the light clicked and it was just like, I think it was the same for us. Cause like, you know, we knew we needed, you know, some help. <laughs> so we created this role, but we didn't really quite know exactly what we were looking for either. And then like you popped up on the zoom and we started having our conversation and we're just like, Oh, duh. Yeah. Her. <laughs> 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 this is what we okay yeah perfect so I mean it's just been so super fun and so I'm just so excited about you know what's gonna happen with this 
the score and what's going to happen with all the work that we're doing. And so we're just so happy to have you here and, and scorekeepers, you know, get used to hearing Emilia's voice because she will be joining us from time to time to talk about um, all of the issues that you have come to love and know us for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as if that wasn't enough joy, uh, we've got our, our favorite segment coming up pure black joy and we will be right back to talk about all of the black things that are making us super happy this week we'll be right back see you soon all right everybody welcome back this is the score it's time for our last segment the incredible wonderful emilia and iabo and myself are back to talk about the Black people, places, and things that are making us happy. It is time for Anna One, Anna Two, Anna One, Two, Three, Four. It's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. Yes. It is time for pure black joy. Who wants to go first? I can jump in because I've got you jump in. All right. Um, I mean, my first one, like I know we've been talking about Renaissance. Leah had the idea of, <laughs> you know, doing a full Renaissance review episode. But of course, Kid Fury and Crystal came back from their hiatus and did that on the read. So go listen to that because they yep. did it much better than we ever could. But I feel like no, I mean, we are just getting fed this summer. Incredible Black artists, especially Black women, are coming through and mm-hmm. just feeding us. We've got releases from Nikki. I was saying last night. Nourishment. Yes. That, <laughs> um, my new pronouns um, are him, her by Megan Thee Stallion. talk about a piece of music if i whenever i enter a room like that i want to be my theme song yes her, 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 change your albums, get it together, get in formation, we're rapping over house beats this summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You are all going to have at least one track of you rapping over house beats. Get in formation. I don't care if the album's done. Add another track. Like... <laughs> and it's just, it's so good. I'm just getting my whole life, like, every little gay atom in my body is just like, just Just vibrating it's tingling (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing so i'm just getting my whole life this week so um and also i mean the big news of the week um you know is of course um mr uh president joe biden oh yes and Mm -hmm. the student loan 
debt cancellation situation. And I was reading like some of the projections are, you know, it's going to take um, half a million Black Americans from a negative net worth to positive net worth. And especially, we you know, those Pell Grants, um, you know, are going to that cancellation $20,000 is going to help a whole lot of people. So mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm happy and excited about that as well. And fortunately, my <laughs> interesting foray, foray into academia, I was able to escape that with um, a very small uh, loan that I was, you know, fortunately I have been able to pay off, but I just think about all of those people who are just swimming in tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and that they're going to get some relief just makes me just makes me happy so that's what i'm thinking about this week <laughs> mm -hmm. well my pure black joy besides um besides listening to Beyonce's America has a problem over and over again. That, um, <laughs> that album just has a grip on me and it will not let go. <laughs> it will not it let go. Don't get no higher <laughs> than this. Do, do, no. Do, do, do. Yeah, okay. If there was a camera on me anytime Pure Honey came on. Oh. I... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So besides the feeling I get when Beyonce says, yada, 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 that's my real, that's my real pure black joy. But besides, besides that. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, like for real, I think I think it is like the, so there was like the pure black joy of Renaissance itself, but I am having an overall joy of watching um, more like kind of dance music or electronic kind of music popping into these mainstream spaces and done by black people. Like that is giving me a lot of joy. There's another uh, black woman rapper by the name of Flo Millie. I love her. I love her. She's like if a black Barbie could rap like and was in the movie Mean Girls. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of giving like Mean Girl Barbie rap, but it's like really skillful. Like I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> But she also had like these kind of like electronic music sounds and stuff that like sounds different from, I, I think for a while, like hip hop has been like associated with a trap kind of sound. Um, but there's a whole lot of sounds that Black people have made, have been making, have created, have straight up created, especially when it comes to electronic music and we don't get credited with the creation or that those have always, those genres have always been a part of our culture. Um, so that is bringing me a lot of black joy to see just publicly like <laughs> brown faces being associated with this kind of music again. Like it's often well known that, yeah, how started in Chicago with black folk. Well, maybe it's actually not that well known. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe not everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, 
Teach the children. Electronic dance music like Detroit. Black folks in Detroit pioneered that before whatever white people all over the world and in Europe (laughs) founded whatever. Like, you know, they were going to places like Detroit and Chicago and stuff for their sounds and then and then building on it. But not everyone knows that. Isn't there that electronic music festival in Detroit every year? Yes, movement. Uh Every Uh year. Every year. Yeah. So that is I think that that is my pure black joy for real because mm. I'm I'm just always here for there there's this can be said of so many genres that like we've contributed so much and I'm I'm even talking of we could look at black americans alone like people who are descendant of uh this land ancestors that were brought here during enslavement like the things that we have created and our culture being going all over the world and doesn't always we don't always bring it back to the origin uh, enough like it's it's cultural context it's roots are the brilliant black people (laughs) (laughs) that started it and 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 it's not like it's a bad thing that people Mm -hmm. of all colors all backgrounds all ethnicities countries nationalities are enjoying this music but like let's give credit where credit is due um so yeah that's that's bringing me joy keep rapping over house beats girls i'm, I'm yes here for it. I'm, please I'm here for it I did, oh my god yes ah <laughs> 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 uh, it's everything <laughs> everything everything yeah that's my pbj what about you emil well Hearing you two talk about music, of course, turns on my brain to a bunch of different artists that I now like want to share with you. Other Black, beautiful women that I think are doing amazing things. So I will say some names. And then I my my the one that I had prepared, Piece of Black Joy, will come after that. So names, if you don't, them, don't know them, you should look up. Um, being that I get to be in Canada for a little while, I always get to be um, immersed in like a new music area because I feel like I don't just being in the American borders you you like don't hear any of the international music that's going on unless you really go look for it so Canada Dominique Fils M.A. she's a black artist from Montreal she she came close to winning or was involved with like their version of American Idol but like the Montreal version she's amazeballs I I have nothing but good things to say about her it's very um different she writes a lot of her own music she um does some covers that are really interesting different like completely taking the words out of a song and putting them in a new song but also are taking the music out of one and adding new work like just some really interesting takes on things like that so please check her out she's and she also is has a bald head when she wants to so just, <laughs> that's a vibe for me um, yeah. And then Amber Mark, an American, African-American. Well, I can't even call her African-American because she's so international. She's born in Tennessee. Her father is Jamaican. Her mother is German. But as a child, her German mother like made her travel with her everywhere. So she like went to Goa. She went to Bali. She went to mm. all amazing places all over the world. So she's very eclectic in the way she was taught about music because she's heard so much of it since she was so little so she's 
her album that she just put out recently has all this music that um she was inspired by like the 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 ethos the the heavens like it's mm. it all has like um not astrological necessarily but having to do like she gets inspired by the movements of the thing the space the planets the different words will inspire her she says that she started seeing the number three everywhere for a little while so she did a bunch of music around that particular number like just really interesting ways of viewing um how you would would be influenced by the world around you and how it might infiltrate Mm -hmm. your your genre of music so yeah she's amazing but my pure black joy is over the summer um, I saw all those amusing, amazing people in Chautauqua, which which is awesome. But I also got to reconnect with an amazing number of Black artists, musicians, singers who kind of re- were part of my early attachment to classical music. Maybe they were, at, I knew them when I was at New World or when I was still in school, who I did not see for a very long period of time. And then were in Chautauqua this summer for some random reason. Hmm. And what impressed me about that experience was how many of them I had stayed in pretty close contact with through Facebook and other social media aspects. But more so than that, not just that we had stayed in contact, but that each and every one of them had been supportive of my career from wherever they were in the world. And I had been supportive of theirs. So we had stayed not just in touch, but that we had been like pushing each other up simultaneously you know mm. talking about, you know like lifting each other in our art forms and speaking our names in places which i think as a child growing up as a mixed person and a, you know i fit in a couple different spaces almost i think i didn't often experience that kind of black joy as in lifting each other up as in like I'm going to support this I'm going to shout it from the heavens so that we all succeed but as an adult I am just beginning to kind of tap into that river of like how to support one another and how much I see it in the way in in the interactions I see with other black people and I Mm just it just brings me so much joy to kind of live in that space of like I'm going to lift you and you will lift me and I see you you see me like it just it feels so good it brings me so much Mm. love and I yeah I feel warm and fuzzy to hear you talk about it (laughs) (laughs) oh well that warm fuzzy note I think is the perfect way to end the show and yes. and start our week. Thank you so much, Emil, for being with us. Um, we are so so excited. Um, to, mm-hmm. I know I keep saying it, but that you are a part <laughs> of the team. It's and- true. Iawo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as always, it has been a pleasure. And Lee, we miss you, and we will see you um next time he will be back with us of course and thank you to all of you out there in um 
cyberland or whatever we're calling the space that we're occupying um, together right now um, for listening and for joining us and for always supporting us. If you want to continue to support us, um, please feel free to subscribe to the show on the favorite podcast and your favorite podcast platform of choice. Um, you know, tell all of your friends about us and most importantly, leave a review, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it really, really helps us out. It helps um, other folks out there um, learn about the show. And it just makes us feel good. So, you know, five-star reviews, please. Five. Five out, out of five. Yeah, five <laughs> out of five. I'm five of five. um and i think that's it did i say everything that we were supposed to oh and we want to hear from you so email us at the score at mnopera.org all right i think that's it i think that's everything um any words of wisdom before we leave Go listen to Renaissance. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Unique. That's what you are. <laughs> Unique. That is. <laughs> that's it. That's the word of wisdom. <laughs> All right. We'll see you in two weeks. Love you. Bye. Bye.